Welcome to this podcast from the October 24, 2011 meeting of the Knight Commission on Intercollegiate Athletics. This podcast is from the first session, which considered updates on financial trends in academic and athletic spending at Division I universities. Panelists included Jane Wilman and Donna DeRoches of the Delta Cost Project on Post-Secondary Education Costs, as well as Jeff Orleans, a consultant to the Knight Commission. Knight Commission Co-Chairman Gerald R. Turner, President of Southern Methodist University, provides the introduction for this session. The session lasts approximately 23 minutes. For more information on the Knight Commission on Intercollegiate Athletics, as well as charts on the data presented in this session, please visit www.knightcommission.org. All right, this session is an update on the financial trends in academic and athletic spending at Division I universities. Uh, it's presented by the Delta Project on post-secondary education costs, and uh, obviously also researchers and Knight Commission uh, consultants. Uh, we expect to hear updates on athletic and academic spending data for public universities in the NCAA Football Bowl Division, FBS, and uh, as presented in our Restoring the Balance report. And for the first time, uh, academics and athletic spending data will be presented for the non-FBS Division I public universities also. And uh, relevant financial data shaping collegiate sports landscapes for all Division I institutions will also be reviewed. And I'd like to introduce our presenters, uh, the three that uh, will be making this information available to us. First is Jan Wellman, Executive Director, and uh, her colleague Donna DeRochers, Deputy Director of the Delta Project on Post-Secondary Education Costs. Uh, Jane is widely recognized for her work in public policy and higher education at both the state and federal levels, with particular expertise in state fiscal policy, cost analysis, strategic planning, state and federal regulations, of higher education. Since 1995, she's been associate, a senior associate with the Institute for Higher Education Policy in Washington, D.C., and is a member of the Association of Governing Boards Consulting Services. Donna Rochers has spent more than a decade conducting research on education and the economy. She's authored numerous reports examining the impact of economic change on education and skill requirements and its effect on current education reform efforts from preschool through higher education. These two individuals will update academic and athletic spending data presented in our recent report, Restoring the Academic uh, Balance. And following their report, uh, Knight Commission consultant Jeff Orleans will outline the projected media revenues for institutions in the five major conferences as a result of contract negotiations, renegotiations, since the Commission's June 2010 report and make brief comments about uh, the implications of these future revenues and their growth from the revenues in place in 2009, the last year of the academic athletic spending data. So we're very pleased to have all three of you with us. And uh, Jane, I believe I'll turn it over to you. Good morning. Thank you very much. Uh, it's a pleasure to be back with you today and to have the opportunity to update uh, the work that you commissioned last year in restoring the balance to get another look at what the data say about patterns in both spending for athletics and in institutional subsidies as well as the point of comparison to what we call academic spending. If you'll recall, just a word, I won't belabor the, the material on the metrics, but the, 
The, the point of comparison that we developed in the Delta Cost Project for what is called academic spending is an average figure for what we call education-related spending at an institutional level. It is a figure that represents kind of the full cost of instruction. It's an average across all disciplines and levels of instruction, but it, it's, and it's, it's useful, in, I think, in this context most as a point of comparison for patterns over time, whether the institutional academic spending is going up or down, and what, what that looks like in comparison to subsidies for athletics. Um, what, what you see, if we can go to the slide on the FBS, um, <coughs> excuse me, the football um, bold subdivision, what you see here is a, a graph showing the, the top line is, is total spending for athletic expenses per athlete. These are, these are unduplicated headcount athlete, athlete uh, numbers. What you see there is a, <clears throat> a figure in 2009 of 91,000 uh, roughly average in that subdivision uh, per athlete in comparison to spending on average for the academic program at roughly $13,000. As I said, I think the more relevant point of comparison is what's happening to figures of growth over time. And what you see for this particular subdivision is spending for athletics increasing at an average annual rate of around 12% per year over this period in contrast to academic spending growing at roughly 5% per year. So the rate of growth in athletic expenses is considerably above that for the rate of growth for academic expenses. Both rates of growth have slowed slightly in the last year, the, this year being the first year of the, of the Great Recession. And so you see some mitigation in the patterns of growth uh, for both. The, the, the other interesting number in here is the proportion of athletic spending that is subsidized by the institution, which is the middle line there. And in this case, in this subdivision, the subsidy share of total spending, the $18,000 that is paid for by the institution in subsidies, is roughly 20% of, of total spending per athlete. If you'll go to the next slide, you'll see a, very, a quite different picture for the FCS uh, uh, subdivision. Similar patterns over time in higher levels of spending per athlete, uh, in this case growing at an annual rate of roughly 10% over this period, compared to uh, academic spending, again, growing about 5%. But in this case, you see the subsidy level, the subsidy per athlete, roughly $23,000 out of the $35,000. The subsidy levels are closer to 65% of spending for this particular subdivision. So you see similar patterns in higher absolute levels of spending per athlete than academics, but you also see in this particular subdivision a much heavier contribution by the institution and institutions in the form of subsidies. And that pattern is even more pronounced in the last Division I No Football 
that we'll get to in the next chart, where you see, again, similar pictures and similar patterns over time. But in this case, the institutional subsidies as a percentage of costs are all the way up to 77%. So lower levels than in the, than in the uh, FBS of spending, but the subsidies from the institution being much more considerable. Um, I, I don't want to belabor this, but I would like to put some of this into context by commenting on patterns in general in finance and higher education and what we see not with reference to athletics, but what you see in higher education generally. And the picture in most of higher education, and it's particularly pronounced in public higher education, which are the numbers in these, in these uh, sheets today, has been a period of a real collision between growing student demand, enrollments going up, and decline in revenues from states able to pay for higher education. What this has meant all around the country has been much greater dependence by the institutions on student tuition revenues and at the same time heavy budget cuts. So we're seeing prices are going up even as budgets are being cut because of this dynamic of declining subsidies and greater tuition dependency. So the context for thinking about increasing institutional subsidies and greater contributions, particularly from the lower end institutions, if you will, uh, the lower spending institutions, I'm not connoting anything else in that, is, is one that I think has to be thought about in the context of, of an increasingly student tuition driven budgets with not a lot of other revenues coming in and an academic program that is being seriously compacted in almost every institution in the country. So this is a time of, of, of real pressure on, on these spendings. The, the data, of course, here only go to, to 2009 because of the nature of expenditure data. It always lags. Uh, we know that the budget climate has not materially improved in most institutions. In fact, state budgets are getting uh, got a lot worse in 2010 or 11. So I imagine you're going to see continuing squeeze on these figures in future years. <coughs> last, <coughs> excuse me. The last slide I'll comment on. Oh, I beg your pardon. <coughs> Next, I want to just take a picture at what some of the data look like comparing athletic spending to academic spending uh, in by the, the subdivisions and FBS conferences, and you can see what that looks like um, with the absolute level of spending per athlete in the SEC at 156,000, um, tapering down to 37,000. Uh, I won't read all of these numbers. I think you can see what they say. Again, I would, I would say, I want to refer back to the, to the earlier um, data, that at the lowest end, the D1 no football is where you see, even though the numbers are lower, the, the level of institutional subsidy in these institutions is the highest. Uh, and you see that same pattern of the lower spending institutions reinforced in the next chart, where we've taken the FBS uh, data and put it into subdivisions or quartiles within the FBS so you can see what the spending looks like for the highest level quartile, second, and then third and fourth. And what you see there, the percents I think on the bottom tells the story as much as anything, which is it's the two middle quartiles 
that are increasing the spending and institutional funding, the subsidies, are going up the most rapidly. And it, it makes some sense that the institutions that are already at the top have already arrived, and the institutions that are really at the very lowest end are trying to keep up. But it's those two middle categories of institutions where there appears to be the heaviest pressure on institutional subsidies. I'll shift off now to Jeff uh, for his presentation. Um, do you want to take questions on this part now? Let's go ahead and go and get Jeff's, and then we'll, uh, after all of it's presented, we'll have questions. Thank you, Jane. I'm going to wait one second until Amy can put the slide up. May I ask just a very simple question? When, when you talk about uh, per student expenditure for academics, are you talking undergraduates only? No, it's an average figure across all uh, undergraduate and graduate. Okay. It's under, it, it ought to be undergraduates well, because that's the comparison, the athletes' role. I, it's, as, as I said, I think you're quite right. That includes I mean, medicine and well, and, 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 of course, athletics is an aggregate figure as well. It's, it's what the data allow us to do. And so I think the less relevant comparison is not the absolute levels of spending, but the changes over time and the subsidies. It is the case that in that average, there's, there are high spending academic disciplines like medicine, like engineering, and so you're going to see much higher numbers. If we, ha if we had discipline level data, there might be some that look just as, as high spending as some of the athletics or even more so. So I think your point's well taken. Nonetheless, the, I think the relevant comparison is, is what's happening in patterns over time. And you see the academic spending being much more compressed, and you also see evidence that the institutional subsidies are continuing to go up faster than spending in the academic program. So I think that those points are, are, remain valid despite the apple-orange nature of the data. Okay. Jeff, you ready? This is a slide that's uh, meant to demonstrate um, something of what the of the magnitude of the dollar amounts from renegotiated um, television contracts for the five major BCS conferences that have renegotiated them. It, it's not um, a comprehensive statement of revenue because it excludes all a local gate revenue, it excludes local um, conference uh, or rather institutional television revenue, but it's designed to give you a sense of the magnitude of the five uh, sets of renegotiated contracts uh, plus the uh, guaranteed piece of the BCS uh, contract at one share per conference, which is at the bottom. Um, if you were to add uh, all that revenue together over the lengths of these various contracts, uh, knowing that the ACC and the SEC are probably going to renegotiate their contracts in addition because of their membership changes. But if we took all the revenue that was, um, would be generated by all of these renegotiated contracts under the revenue line, we would have at the bottom just shy of $14 billion worth of uh, media rights to these five conferences and the guaranteed part of the BCS contract over a period extending as late as uh, the mid 20s uh, decade of, of this century. Um, if you took all of that um, revenue in the highest years of all of those contracts and averaged it for each conference, you would find uh, a billion 
$98 million of revenue flowing on average in those highest years to those five conferences through their packages and the, um, the BCS conference. As, as a way of, of comparing that money, if we had all $14 billion um, in a pile at once today, that would be the 110th largest uh, gross domestic product in the United Nations. It, it would be a small but still tangible country. And if we were to look at um, the changes in average annual revenue between these contracts and the, conference, the contracts they replaced, which expired roughly in 2009, we would find that in each of these uh, conferences, revenue has gone up, uh, average annual revenue has increased by a factor of anywhere from 200 to 400 percent, depending on the contract and, and the conference. Um, the annual revenues are um, about the same as the NBA's annual revenue, twice the annual revenues of Major League Baseball, and five times the annual revenues, again, from television packages of the NHL. So this slide is meant to demonstrate that there, there really is a substantial, a tangible economic uh, engine at work here and to give some sense of the magnitude of that engine. Com the, the, the lead comparisons? Chuck? The, the uh, average annual revenue, which is the billion, 98 million figure, is um, about five times the average annual NHL television revenue. Again, just the league package, not anything individual. Um, it's about twice the Major League Baseball contracts annual figure, and it's just higher than the NBA's figure, which is 900 and some million annually. Okay, and Jane, uh, then... Going forward, since he, his baseline comparison there you said was 2009, then going forward as we get to the first year of this, then your, the implications of your research is that your top line gets steeper. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I guess that, that's one way to put it. I think you're going to need bigger paper. Yeah. All right. Questions from members? Or turn the legal side up? Long ways, right? Yes, Val. Um, Jane, does the academic, does the athletic spending number include scholarship dollars? Mm -hmm. It does. Mm -hmm. Okay. So is that within um, the category of expenses on the athletic side? What are the fastest growing categories? I don't know. I don't know. I can't tell you that. I mean, it could be scholarship dollars if tuitions are going up and universities have to pay for those I don't as part know. of their athletic department budgets. But I think we may be able to get that, but I just don't have it with me. I don't know. But we'll, we'll, we'll look, and Amy might know. I don't know. When we uh, looked at those data in 2010, uh, we did look at take the scholarship cost out, and it did not change uh, the growth rate in terms of the differentiations that you see. So uh, the non-scholarship cost, the growth rate was uh, the same as what you're seeing now. All right, other questions? Uh, Anita? Thank you. Uh, you may not be able to get at this either, but is it, this is an, a, an era of tremendous growth of facilities. Is that the cost of the facilities, the leading cost in here then? 
I don't know that either. I, do, I, I doubt it. I think that the, the, the capital costs are likely to be um, carried in a different in a different spot, but I don't, I don't think so. have also noted that the uh, state funding and academic support for institutions from 9, 10, and 11 uh, has continued to, if, if not trend down, at least be flat so that you won't expect those bottom lines to change much in terms of uh, their slope. Uh, so I think the next update that we get on this, uh, the next two years or so, will continue to be make the point even uh, more dramatically, just as you're saying, in terms of the changes in the slope. Yes, I, although I do want to emphasize again, I think one of the things that you've looked at and one of the more relevant numbers here is, is the subsidy levels. If the institutions are not continuing to increase subsidies for athletics, uh, then having different spending levels by itself, while a point of, of interest is less of a concern that athletics are leaching funds away from the athletic program. So one would hope that with the greater revenues that are coming in from the, from the, from the TV contracts, that that will take pressure off of institutional subsidies. But I have to believe that the, the, the second and third level uh, quartiles are not going to be the primary beneficiaries of some of that, and the subsidy pressure is going to keep going up. So I think that's the subsidy number that's the one to keep an eye on. I think that's right. Chuck? Well, I, I, I disagree. Uh, I, I, think, uh, I think the gross number is a very important number. Uh, I'm very concerned in some instances about the increase in the subsidy figure but I think the, the difference and, and the growing difference in what is being spent on athletics at an institution, especially when what is being spent on academics is going down, is a very real issue. And I, I don't think we need to focus only on the middle line. I think we need to focus on the top and the bottom lines. Yeah, and I would say all of the above, you know, both of them, all three of those lines have, have their lessons. But you're obviously the, the growth rate and what – what the use of that money goes toward is, is going to be very important. All right. Thank all of you very much. Uh, we appreciate your uh, being with us. And, uh, and we'll look forward to future updates on these data. And don't send that to the United Nations, Jeff. It'll be... uh, go back to our earlier brief interchange. Exchange. Um, I, I, I think it's appropriate that in terms of um, the, 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 those like groups that is undergraduates, you're, you're, you're averaging, you're averaging on both sides, but there's a difference in, in averaging within a group that is an apple comparing to an apple and, and bringing in a group that's not involved. I, I, so I think the, the difference between undergraduate and total is something that ought to be looked at. I, I don't know that it will change the data very much, but I think it would be more, at least more comforting to know that that was what we were looking at. I, I, I agree with you, and unfortunately when you're working with these data sets, the analytics that would allow one to pull out graduate and, and professional or medical schools separate from undergraduate just don't exist. You have to get at that building up from individual institutions with course level data and that's not in the public domain. So this is the best we can do with what with the data that are available and, and that's why I keep going back to the patterns over time as being more telling than the absolute levels. 
All right, thank you. Uh, we'll take just a couple minute break as we uh, switch our presenters here. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Knight Commission on Intercollegiate Athletics. For more information on the Knight Commission, visit www.knightcommission.org.